Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around the country, including Treasonable Studios here in Los Angeles, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. He is an American comedian who has headline shows on five continents. His jokes have been quoted in dozens of publications from the New York Post to the Christian Science Monitor to Reform Judaism magazine to a scientific humor magazine. Yes, indeed, there is one. And there is only one. Sean Eli, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Sean. Thanks. I hope I'm the only one, but I have a Google alert on my name and I see that somebody named Sean Eli Martinez keeps getting arrested. Uh-oh. Well, you know, hopefully you don't have the same problems that I had with the Illinois DMV years ago when they refused to issue my driver's license because there was a David Robinson with a different middle name, different race, different height and eye color. Well, eye color actually, I believe was the same. I wasn't able to get all the information out of them, but he had outstanding warrants in Kentucky and they wouldn't give me a license because of him. So, Hopefully, uh, Sean Eli Martinez is not harsh in your mellow, as the kids at one point said. Did you consider moving to Kentucky and getting a license there? (laughs) Just to fuck with the other David Robinson. No, but I did try and join the NBA just to get some of the accolades of the Admiral. And apparently, uh, do not have the skill set. So, we, 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 we face our limitations, and we accept them sometimes. But thank you for being with us, Sean. We will be talking with you a lot more as the hour goes on. But first, the rest of the panel joining us is comedian, mom, and strong woman extraordinaire. She's got a comedy special, I'm Crowning, on Amazon, Voodoo, and Comcast, just to name a few of the platforms where you can catch it. Dialing in from North Hollywood, it is the one and only Liz Stewart. Welcome. Hello, everybody. It's a beautiful day. It really is. And, you know, I was thinking about this. It's it's gray, bleak, and raining, uh, mm. which is a little atypical of L.A., and especially after having, like, the, the summer-like heat wave that we just had last week. But it, it's a beautiful day in America. And it's a beautiful day in America. As Los Angeles is part of America, it's a beautiful day in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I like it all cold and rainy. I'm going to go for a jog later, try to get pneumonia. <laughs> Wait, you have health care? I do. <laughs> it's because of my husband. Well, hey, you know, he's he's a superhero in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. Good guy, good guy. I get to see that somebody cleans my teeth twice a year. Like... <laughs> It's wow. pretty awesome. Is is there nothing he can't do? <laughs> <laughs> Actor, comedian, superhero, dentist. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, well, Liz, thank you for being with us. And as always, we are joined by comedian, scholar, and the black voice of reason. Always a pleasure to introduce Mr. Time and Ship. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Dave. Power to the people. Good to be here as we continue to Get rid of, clean up the trash and throw out, you know, we got to do some cleaning. Oh, yes, we do. You know, fortunately, though, just some cleaning, not a complete teardown. But there there is work to be done, as President Biden said. So let us get to that work. First, 
you probably already know, but me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. I am your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, not to mention the, well, are we still in a current apocalypse status or did we, or are we moving into narrowly avoided? Whatever it is, I'm here to yap about it. That's what I do. And we do have a lot to yap about, but first a message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of community spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches... Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And still new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread. It's time for another peak. Well, it is the fourth Saturday of the new year, and being the 23rd of January, that also means that it is National Pie Day, which I always thought was March 14th. Uh, you know, being 3.14 and always a fan of, of puns. But apparently back in 1986, to celebrate the 75th anniversary of Crisco, the American Pie Council declared it National Pie Day. And I figured that's what the American Pie Council was doing before they realized the, the real money was in, in shitty teen comedies. So congratulations. That's still on the maps for some reason. It's also National Handwriting Day. I guess do uh, they do that still? National Handwriting Day? Do they know? Do they do handwriting? Do well, that's uh, not as much as they used to. Hence the the necessity of having a national day to suggest uh, that you you sit right down and and write yourself a letter uh, or write it to what? someone else. So not only National Handwriting Day, we are three days into our new government, and as of today, we've got Timberney. 414,070 Americans dead from the coronavirus and more than 24,880,000 confirmed cases. And uh, we still have 628 immigrant children who finally stand a chance of being reunited with their parents because it is not Donald Trump's America anymore. So something else to look forward to so good things all around and on top of all that national handwriting day that's really dumb because if they made it national cake day and national handwriting day you could put something on your cake like <laughs> on pies but there's there's no reason they can't <laughs> that's a good that's idea it's that a good idea 
can we I'm just so glad that they got rid of the curse of Q. That thing would mess my <laughs> that would mess me up. It doesn't even look like a Q. It doesn't look like it looks like some sort of like alien language sent down, you know? Like that's that has no remote resemblance to an actual printed Q and they bust out this curse of Q and I'm like what the hell is it? Is it is it an L? Is it a T? Is it is it a Cylon symbol? I don't know. I don't <laughs> well, know. and then you've got the lowercase, which is basically like a, a G with with a physical ailment. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, your your tail's all turned around. We we can correct that with surgery, probably. You know. I wanna, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, Liz, you read my mind because a couple of weeks ago I realized I don't remember what a script capital Q looks like, and then I realized I don't need it because. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I'm writing in script and I just write a regular cue to start a sentence, mm-hmm. that's what everybody uses anyway. Yeah, I've been doing that shit before it was cool, my friend. <laughs> well, it, I love the regular cue. I mean, not the cueing on people. Well, I, I was like going to say this itself. is this is a a great way to to break into that part of the conversation that I wanted to have. And as comedians, something that that has been sort of echoing in my head all week. Do you guys remember, uh, I think it was on Dennis Leary's first album when he, he's doing a bit about NyQuil and the, the tag on the bit, you know, if, if you yeah. can really even call it a tag, NyQuil, we love you. You've got that big fucking cue. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yep. 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 It, it was funny back then because it was irreverent and nonsensical and now it's eerily prescient uh, and and somewhat disturbing. But talking about QAnon, because we've spoken about them a, a lot on this show, and I know we're going to be talking about them more next week because our, our resident, quote-unquote, QAnon expert, uh, David Rosie Rosenberg, is going to be joining us. Oh my God, he's so great! Follow him on on wherever you can because the way he trolls QAnon people, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he single handedly like wiped out like a quarter of them. Yeah, you know he's... where they <laughs> they just look at his post and they go, "I've been doing it all wrong. I've been doing it all wrong." And they're and they, well, they the... jump into an ice bath and they say and the, they the... say and they say, "Help me, Lord." Help me, <laughs> the the great thing about Rosie is is he's he's a really smart guy and he's a history buff. And so he's not just going at this with the attitude of you people are idiots, which, well, also correct, not firm ground on which to fight an enemy. So he he knows a lot about their their craziness and, and like the intricacies of their, their bullshit beliefs. But bullshit beliefs are kind of what got us to where we are now uh, and what we narrowly avoided a couple weeks back. And I think that ultimately is, is the problem. You know, Trump is gone. Woohoo. You know, praise, praise the, let, let the praise lift the rafters or, or whatever praise does these days. But the, the Trump fans and the QAnon people and the crazy people and the militias, they're, they're still here. And granted a lot of, a lot of that, you know, and the militias and and the racism and the anti-Semitism, that that's been around for a long time. Yeah. And time and I know, you know, anyone who goes back to to past episodes of the show, 
you're certainly not a fan, but you did have and do have an appreciation for the fact that the the rising of Trump and all that brought all this craziness out into the open. Right. So now we we kind of have to figure like, well, what are we what are we going to do about it? And I I think a, a lot of these people that are in government can be divided into two camps. There are the ones who know better, like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz. They're educated, you know, I mean, they got great educations and, you know, raised in privilege. And they most likely know that all this is a load of shit, but they also know that they can use it to maintain and gain more power. But then you've got people like uh, Lauren Boebert, Tommy Topperville, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who are dumb enough to actually believe this shit. So opening opening the floor to discussion, but what do we do? I mean, is, is it a, like a two-pronged attack simultaneously to take everything down at once? Do we focus on educating the stupid ones and you know what do we do uh ideas anyone well i i think first you've got to crush the violent extremists and show them what happens show the rest of the people who should know better what happens to people when they decide to fuck with our democracy like all of those people who raided the capitol they didn't get pardons you know, not because Trump doesn't love them. I mean, if he were capable of love, it's because they're not rich. And the sooner they realize that they've just been a pawn in a rich man's game, then uh, and and no matter how much he says things like, I'll pay for your legal bills, I'll, I'll take care of you, I love you, I'm out there fighting for you, everything is the opposite. He's not going to pay for shit for you. He wants you to fight for him. He's not going to do a goddamn thing for you. And as soon as you realize that, then... Maybe you'll realize that being white uh, isn't isn't you know all all you thought it was going to be, my friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like it doesn't make you any better than, well, you know, than Trump, the person standing next to you. Trump's not going to pay their legal bills. He doesn't even pay his own legal bills. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. That's why he can't fund people except for Dershowitz. I'll leave my underwear on, like like to take care of his uh, impeachment trial. Well, there was. I, we go Mississippi burning on 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 the white supremacists, um, and and you know I'm gonna rewatch that film. I love that torture scene. Um, uh, but that's step one. We remove them from the fold, and then reeducation. Uh, uh, go ahead. Go well, ahead. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're gonna have a, uh, you know, and it's not. These are only white people that you got to do this for. That you got to get them to clean. Because black folks, ain't, you know, you have may have one or two scragglers that might. You know, that went down to the building. But, you know, this whole thing, I mean, you got guys that really believe that that Kamala Harris and, and Biden are communists. They're they're buying into the QAnon. And these are highly educated people. It ain't it ain't the old dumb redneck like people think it is. No, that's not them. They're easy. It's these highly educated, highly intelligent, great job. Remember, a lot of the guys that got arrested were military. Sheriffs, I mean, they were uh, uh, law enforcement, this whole Blue Lives Matter bullshit. They were, uh, um, you know, what, woman took a, a Lear jet, took a private jet. 
locked her ass up too. Yeah, but she, she, I don't know if you saw the uh, headline uh, or the story about her. Apparently she's been booted from PayPal for, for putting up a a fundraiser for her legal defense fund on PayPal. Yeah. Took a private jet. I mean, I mean, mean, how do you get the, the, it's like when you, when we put stuff about, you know, now people are fine saying, well, I didn't know about that. Or, you know, they said, oh, they didn't teach us that in history. Because it was mm-hmm. it was made to not be put there. So your biggest problem is that these are not, you know, you're going to have to, you know, other white people are going to have to show other white folks, hey, man, you've been duped. Because they still mm-hmm. have never apologized for what was taken, being taken advantage of. Well, and I think we're, we're mm-hmm. seeing that a lot in entertainment. I mean, you know, the number of people and cards on the table it's not like i i was born woke or anything i i learned about the the tulsa massacre from you time and doing this show and based on what i've seen on facebook and twitter a lot of white folks who i'm either friends with or you know know through social media they found out about it from the the hbo series watchmen and i did you know, right, so but I'm, I'm just saying, Dave, any of our history, anything going on, whether it's redlining, whether it's, you know, the discovery of certain things. I mean, I, I was, a, you know, you know, Hank Aaron just passed away. Yeah. OK. All of a show. And I'm sitting there going. Did a black man actually have to prove that he could hit a fucking baseball? Are you serious? I'm going to show you that I, can hit, <laughs> that I can actually play baseball. That the only difference between me and you is the color of my skin. And wow, that man, he, black people can actually hit baby. Damn, they can jump high. Ooh, it's like the woman I used to work with and, and, and uh, when I used to load trucks. And she said, uh-huh, Ty, we got your ass now. She was an older white woman. She said, yeah, you got an extra bone in your foot. Black people been cheating the whole fucking time. Make oh you jump higher. Uh-huh. Yeah, we knew there was something going on. And but, she was serious. And she said, and you went down there and you messed with the green monkeys, too. You've been making love, talking about the AIDS. She was like, yeah, oh. you were messing with the monkeys. Yeah, we got you now, Ty. Oh, yeah, boy. Serious heart attack. Yeah. I laughed my ass off. I was sitting there going, where's my tin? You know, I know you, you worked for my Aunt Paula. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Timon, I think uh, bringing up Hank Aaron, though, I I think it's an interesting way to look at American history. And even, even now, like just, I think last month, you know, sometime in the, in the last couple months, major league baseball agreed to legitimize the, the Negro leagues and accept the records that were set in the Negro league to, you know, the, the uh, MLB, standards changing records and everything for everybody but even though for the the, i i mean all of my life the the negro league was a separate but equal and and held apart and different and now it's being integrated it took this long to do it and it seems like there are two ways in American and I, you know, overall white society to deal with black exceptionalism. And it's either by underplaying it and begrudgingly acknowledging it for years, like 
Major League Baseball did until they finally broke and accepted reality. Or Tulsa, you know, if if it's better than what we've got, burn it down. Right. Well, they actually, one of the, the reporters came out for that uh, uh, sports reporter and said, dude, you know, we don't really care about the stats. You need to tell the truth of how many careers you ruined. How many black ball players whose careers you ruined that didn't get their day? They didn't get their day until Jackie Robinson. And a lot of those guys, by the time Jackie came along, they're all done. How many careers did you ruin? You know, so really what they want, there again, you didn't get the full story. Don't just show the stats. Show the history of what you did to destroy these black ball players. That's what you need to know. If they know the truth, that's why everybody keeps talking about truth. That is truth. You know, that is truth. And if you're not, if you're not going to deal with the truth, then really, dude, it's, it, that's how people continue to walk around and, and believe lies. And you can say, oh, it was stolen from me. Ooh, look what they did to me. You know, they don't want women. I mean, I didn't even know that they had a hit out of AOC. They want to kill her ass. So, oh, no, 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 no. So, and, you know, they said the biggest problem with, the, with the, the, the Boogaloo Boys and the Proud Boys is that they don't believe in masturbation. Masturbation is wrong. It keeps you stronger as a man. I'm not making this shit up. I no, I know. I just, I think it's you know, the irony of them not believing in masturbation while simultaneously being a bunch of jerk-offs. Uh, <laughs> it, it. I, but it's serious. The guy said that they don't believe in that. They don't believe they, that, that, to, that, yeah, that, yeah, it's supposed to keep you stronger Ding. and make you angrier and you go in Ooh. and you're being more of a man. I was like, who's writing Ooh. this shit? And these guys they are need following. to stop what they're doing right now and jerk it. They need to stop. If there are any boogaloo boys, like stop hitting your wife, put down <laughs> put down your skull and just yeah. jerk it right now to some like Kenny G. Like yeah. you need to calm down. Kenny G? Yeah. They have to masturbate to Kenny G. <laughs> He's got pretty hair. He does have pretty hair. And that yeah. sax, you know, that sax is sexy, you know. Yeah. And he's Jewish. Instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you guys jerk off to the sounds of this soulful Jewish man? <laughs> I don't know. Me, I'm old school. When I want to punish myself, I jerk it to Vangelis. Uh <laughs> I no, I I don't. There's no real soundtrack. It's just kind of whatever's playing. Uh, but I I want to I want to move away from masturbation and go back to the sports metaphors quickly. You know, we're we're talking. Uh, we were talking about sports, and one thing that has been in the news a lot this week has been the upcoming impeachment trial of yes. former President Donald Trump, and. You know, a lot of people are, are wondering, oh, what what are the Republican senators going to do? And and Mitch McConnell sounds like he he might vote for impeachment. Yeah. And yeah. I know it's this is the the sports metaphor is how do people not realize that Mitch McConnell is Lucy telling Charlie Brown she's going to hold the football in place and not move it? Yeah. Exactly. It's a good analogy because they, yeah, he's only interested in what gets him more power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Because they want he wants Trump gone. They want to purge. I mean, the story from what I read you had on the flipboard, Dave, they want him gone. Trump is I mean, he went too far. You know, he said I was into it for a little bit, but he said, Fuck, dude, you guys went way too far. And they want him gone because he will destroy, you know, that little so called base that he's talking about. Uh uh. You're gonna lose corporate money. You're gonna when you start losing that corporate money. Those little little raggedy little uh, people you're talking, they're not going to help you. That, that 70 or 80 million or whatever he said he had, that small-ass base ain't going to mean shit when you have all that money starts losing. That's what Mitch is pissed about. Mitch had corporate America eating out his hand. Yeah, now he's uh, just going to have to rely on his contract from like Russian aluminum plants coming to Kentucky to get his money. But I think that's something that is interesting and i'm i'm certainly not holding my breath on this or or counting on it happening but we've already seen a lot of corporate sponsorship pull out of republican causes and pull away from republican no, candidates you know they can make those announcements right after an election but it's another year and they'll say oh we're back yeah Nobody's donating money in 2021 anyway well it remains to be seen and Consumers and Americans need to, to hold these companies accountable and not let them pull the, the reversal that we've seen from the Republican politicians. You know, Lindsey Graham, the night of the attack on the Capitol, was saying he was done riding that Trump train. And like three days later, he was on a plane with him to go to Texas and, you know, lie about how great the wall has been. And he's still carrying water for him, which is, you know, well, you when, saw the threat that he put out to, to, to Biden. So, you ain't, you know, you're not if you don't if you go along with this impeachment, you ain't no strong. I was like, dude, you need to shut up. Biden is really I mean, they used to be really close friends, Biden and and and, um, and Lady G. Yeah. Yeah. But not anymore. Yeah. Biden, well, Biden, Biden's got nothing to do with the impeachment. Yeah. He even told him. But I'm just saying. You know, he, he threatened uh, he threatened Biden, said if Biden goes along with it, you know, that uh, Lindsey did. He said it, if he goes, you know, you're no, you know, you're no strong president. And, you know, some, some other crap that he said. Yeah. You know, and I think to threaten people. I think Biden and the Democrats need to basically come out. And if you haven't learned about framing the narrative in the last four years, you may never be able to learn it. But the Democrats and Biden need to essentially frame the impeachment as a, a trial for accountability and to prove that no one is above the law, not even the president. And I think if they keep the, the PR focus on that, that this is about breaking laws and accountability and the the fact of the matter is this is just another in the long line of Republicans believing that having money and power shields you from accountability for your actions. And, you know, not to diminish also being white when you're when you're powerful and and have money that uh, that definitely shields you. But, I mean, if they put the impeachment off long enough, which I don't think they're doing, we would see about indictments in in D.C., in the D.C. Circuit and Southern District of New York and Manhattan D.A.'s office and New York Attorney General's office. If they can get them on an actual trial, 
the impeachment is much less important. Well, no, I, I agree, a, but the impeachment know. is all it, it's all about preventing him from from holding office again. And and you got to pay for that, though. I mean, I understand what you're saying, Sean, that, you know, that they, um, you know, once he, you know, New York gets hold of him, but he's got to pay for what he did. They got to They did just walk away from this one. I think that they have to go ahead. I was reading the, one of the articles there on the flipboard and how, you know, McCarthy uh, turned on a dime the same way Lindsey Graham did. And say, well, you know, uh, you can't blame him for that, and you know, we're not, we're not going to go after. That. And then it just there's a, there's a there's one on there where they just break down like eight different things, all leading up to when, you know, of how Trump got to this point, and they just showed how he, you know, there's enough information on him. He's screwed, man. He is so. That's why Cipollone said, "Fuck you, I'm not doing this, dude. You're not taking. I'm not going. I can't. I can't save you on this one." Well, and I, I think that's the important distinction is he's only as screwed as the government is willing to let him be. And it it comes down to the accountability. You know, we've, we've talked a lot on this show in previous episodes about qualified immunity and the thing that allows police to be held to a different standard than regular citizens. And it, it strains the credibility of the justice system if the police and the people who are in positions of power have a separate system of justice for them than the rest of us do that's a problem and we we've seen that uh, especially in the last few years with the you know rise in awareness coming from the black lives matter protests but the i I was just going to say but you know if if we have the awareness and we don't put it into action then it's kind of useless well trump has no immunity now and i read an article the people when he pardoned his national security advisor flynn in i think it was november he basically gave him a blanket pardon for crimes against the u.s but the pardons he's done in the last, you know, in January, the pardons Trump wrote in January were for specific charges. So uh, if prosecutors want to find other crimes they can charge people with, like Bannon, they're going to charge him. So that Well, and the- also Manafort, uh, which I think, yeah. uh, you know, I read an article on this and then Rachel Maddow was talking about it the other night. But the pardon for Manafort was very specific related only to the crimes on which he has already been convicted. But as part of his plea deal, he admitted to a whole shitload of other crimes that he did not receive a presidential pardon for. And what does his immunity agreement that he plead? Did he admit to those crimes in order to get a plea deal for the other crimes? And they said they wouldn't prosecute. Uh, I, well, you said- I don't believe so, but time it. Oh, I was saying that, um, that the, the reason why he didn't pardon Giuliani because he was trying to get money out of these guys, making them pay like two million dollars or something. They have to make like a donation, or he would not. He wouldn't pardon them. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the the list of people because I'm already seeing articles in the news about how much money people in Trump's orbit raised from people who were trying to get pardons, many of which didn't go through. And if if you and- if you look at the people who did get pardoned, it's mostly corrupt politicians. 
Yeah, and Mike Flynn's brother did not receive a pardon, correct? No. Up up until now, he hasn't been charged with any crimes. But for those unfamiliar with what Liz is bringing up, Flynn's brother was on the call when the folks in, in charge of the army refused to send the National Guard to help the people at the Capitol. And that's what I was saying. I was saying to someone, this had to be an inside job because it went too goddamn well. Those mm-hmm. people were paid. A lot of those mm-hmm. guys, and it came from Trump's, um, Mulvaney's daughter or someone was also working to raise money. And Manafort, too. Manafort got out on the 31st, and by the 6th, the Capitol's uh, been taken over. Clarence Thomas's wife? Hmm? Clarence Thomas's wife uh, was also a big fundraiser. Yanked off the Supreme Court. If if your wife helping uh, uh, start an insurrection with your knowledge, because, I mean, you know, I don't know how... She, he, he knew something, and he needs to get removed from the Supreme Court. Also, let's go, come through Brett Kavanaugh's financials. He needs to go, too. And yeah. let's just tell Amy Coney Barrett that, like, around the corner, like, there's, like, a, a, a tacos van that also does abortions, <laughs> and she needs to go shut it down, you know? And then when she, she approaches the truck, we just, you know, we just put her on the truck and drive her out into the middle of, a, of, of Oklahoma, <laughs> Uh, in front of a church and and just let her do her thing. Just be like, this is your life now. You know, like you live here, you live here. That sort of reminds me, an idea that I had a couple of weeks ago, but didn't bring up on the show, I think we ran out of time, was I'm guessing we don't actually have the technology to do this, but put Trump into some sort of like a virtual reality coma where he still thinks he's running the country. And just keep them at Mar-a-Lago. But then you build a dome around it in which there's a larger virtual reality scenario like the uh, the Bat-Demon Superman versus Batman movie thing where if he does somehow break out of the, the simulation of him still being president, he goes right into a simulation of this is what you think Biden's America actually is. And so he will run back into his pleasure dome. <laughs> I don't know how long he's going to live. I, I was talking to uh, my dad last night and we, you know, we were talking about whether or not Trump would commit suicide if, and when he is convicted because of the fear of going to prison. Somebody told me that right before he left, they thought he was going to pardon all federal prisoners and I said, why? So he doesn't have a cellmate when he goes in? <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know. No, Donald, Donald's not going to a federal prison. He's going to go to a state prison. And, and state prisons, God bless them, that's where they send people like, like, like Bundy, Dahmer. Richard Ramirez, they don't usually go to a federal prison. They go to like the, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, don't take a shower prisons, you know, <laughs> the, um, like, like there's always someone behind you prisons. Like Manafort went to club fed Rikers. Ooh, different story altogether tonight, baby. Like, 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 and, and New York wants that ass. And, oh, uh, come on. They're going to have it. You don't think the skinheads are going to protect one of their own? Well, that's, oh. that's one of the issues. And I wonder if 
they can put him, you know, because there are extenuating circumstances. The guy, out, the guy is definitely a threat to national security. Yes. But so the, the Aryan Brotherhood is not going to protect Donald Trump unless he can either pay them off and he ain't got no money or he puts out. So either way, you know, Donald going to have to give up that ass in some form. <laughs> You know, like, like, like Aryan Brotherhood, they're not a bunch of Mother Teresa's. They're going to want, they're going to want something in exchange for protection or MS-13 is going to run a train on him. You know, like, like, you know, uh, doesn't matter what color it's happening, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, these are, these are, are lovely, lovely thoughts for a Saturday morning. But it's they, how I got through the last four yeah, years. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> That's the, my these, bedtime story. This is what sustains us. happy with Trump. He's the best thing that's ever happened to the Democratic Party. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but this is, this is one of the, the big issues that I have had over the last four years and that I had in 2016 with a lot of my friends who are far left who believe that we did need a full teardown, that the system is corrupt and it's all got to go away. And I reluctantly came around to the belief that maybe they're right. Before 2016, I was kind of operating under the belief that there are certainly not that people are smart enough, but that there are enough smart people to make it so that we don't have to burn everything down to fix it, that we can acknowledge that the problems exist in our midst and we can, we can fix them, you know, using the, the whole moral arc of the universe bending towards justice. And unfortunately, you know, and I was already a a bitter jaded fuck before 2016, since then I have really come around to the realization that no, no, people in, at large are stupid enough and ignorant enough that maybe we do need a teardown. And I, you know, I think we, we basically got that in the last four years. And you look at something as simple as a vaccine distribution plan and, and things to mitigate the spread of, of the COVID-19 virus. And they didn't even have one. The Trump administration had no plan, which certainly not a surprise. That was, you know, my guess during the quote unquote transition period when they were blocking Biden's people from any information. You know, I said on this show and I I certainly wasn't alone in this. I'm not, you know, saying oh, the only one who was saying this and telling you the truth, but they don't want to open the books because the pages are blank. They have no plan, and reality bore that out. Uh, that is is true. Yeah, but you know the states fucked that up too, because it's not like they didn't have six months to get prepared with a vaccination policy and plan, and figure out a way to sign up and get everything organized. And you have some states like Florida that it's like get in line, and then you got people sleeping in the streets, which is the worst thing you could have for the people who are so old and susceptible. <clears throat> And other states, like New York State, the sign-up system just collapsed. It's but when you got when you have a government that tells you you're on your own, and the people and and you're telling me because you're a blue state, I'm not going to send you any money 
because you're a blue state, you didn't vote for me. You basically are saying, look, either you do it my way or everybody's going to suffer. And he did not help them. I mean, the, the states could only do so much. You didn't get I mean, he screwed up the CDC. He screwed up HHS. He politicized every fucking thing that he touched. And so the information coming out was not the proper information. It was it was all screwed up. And then everybody wants to go after like they want to like here in California. They want to go after Newsom. You know, people in Orange County, you can't close my shit. You can't do people are fucking dying. They still didn't believe it. Trump said it was a hoax. You threw so much disinformation that even if I had the money and told you to fix it, nobody's going to show up. I couldn't get any. You can't get anything done because you need the money to redo the schools. You got to put in ventilation systems. You got to put in. Everybody's got to have enough cash. Trump fired the damn inspector general when the first stimulus plan came out. Because the guy was watching where the money was going. They fucked him. So now no one's watching the money. You got guys like the Lakers getting fucking four point five million. You got Harvard getting forty million. And Joel Olstein got a fuck the, the the major pastor, he got another four point four million. I'm like, there's all this money going. Not going to the people who should have gotten it. If the money had went where it was supposed to go, I would agree with you that hey, the states could have done more, but Trump fucked them with all that disinformation and politicizing our science and, and just thoroughly throwing a monkey wrench and all that shit. That's why Fauci feels so good now that he doesn't have a jackass sitting next to him. And he said, I feel liberated because I didn't want to, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you know, I mean, Burks sat there. I wanted to choke Burks with a fucking scarf. <laughs> I was like, say something, fuck. This guy's lying. Well, they think- wouldn't say a word. I think you're both right when it comes to the states because, yeah, they didn't do as much as they could. And, yes, they were hogtied by the federal government's incompetence and unwillingness to help. But having had three years of seeing what the Trump administration was doing, the states really should have come up with contingency plans of how can we do this under the assumption that we are not going to get any help from the federal government. Yeah, because I have a friend, I have an 89-year-old friend, and she she can use the internet but doesn't want to because she thinks it's not going to work for her. But she's just been calling to try to get an appointment, and you can't do that. Yeah, it's it, it it one one other thing that like kind of struck me this week was we we've spent years talking about Trump's allegiance to Putin and you know the the former Soviet system as as a quote unquote effective method of government and now we are seeing with the vaccines what we used to make fun of Russia and the Soviet Union for about toilet paper and coffee People are waiting in line, like you said, Uh Sean, in Florida overnight for hours, and they may not even get the vaccine because states are running out of their supplies. And this is this is still a failure of the the dare I say infrastructure with the federal government is that when the states don't know beyond two days how many doses they're going to be getting, it's hard to plan. 
Yeah, I think right. Gavin Newsom's done the best that he that he could. I mean, when you compare his performance to DeSantis and considering our large population versus how many people have died in like like Florida and Texas, like per capita, like and 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 you consider like the diverse population of California because not everybody is like you know, like a, an avocado toast, like I read books and gay people are, are awesome, California. And you've got like these, like, you know, you ever been to Bakersfield? Mm, hope you like meth. You know, like not the best. We have That's why you go to the best. <laughs> well, they say Bakersfield is the number one uh, uh, city for um, having sex. Against why? your will. Just because everyone there like, is so uh, fucked? Well, well, because there's nothing to do there. I mean, if, if anything other than chasing squirrels and shit, there's nothing out there. What else are you going to do with make babies? I thought it's because they need the money for the meth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably right up there, too. Hey, you know. So, so we have, you know, we have these places where, like, you know, the population is suspect of, of, of multiple crimes. Um, uh, and, uh. So he's doing the best that he can, you know, with all these people being like, you're not going to shut down my shop and like, like yelling their droplets all over people. And my husband uh, gets is getting a vaccine for his his job. And he was like, hey, let's get a You want a vaccine, too? And I was like, yeah, might as well. And he was like, I have a, a an extra couple of doses because at a couple of hospitals, they have these shipments that are just sitting there now. So if you're in L.A. and you're listening to this contact your your healthcare provider um because there's uh, there there are multiple places the one that we're going to is a place in glendale um, didn't rosie said he could get it well rosie yeah, rosie, rosie got, got the got vaccine because he volunteers at the children's hospital so okay. even though he isn't yeah. a a you know primary care health care giver uh he's tangentially close enough and mm-hmm. and doing good work but that, now they're opening it for everybody and so we were, con- I-, I was texting my friends who have like healthcare conditions and being like, Hey, do you want to go get the vaccine? Cause you have a comorbidity. Right. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. So a lot of people are waiting, but if you wait, all of those doses are going to go out the window. So if you're listening to this, contact your healthcare provider. There are vaccines that are just sitting there right now. You can go get your dose because a lot of people are, are scared. And I understand that Fauci said it's cool. Biden said it's cool. Angela Merkel said it's cool. If it were Donald saying it's cool, no way in hell I get it. But like, hey, and nobody people. knows more about cool than Angela Merkel. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You got to try. Still, still sporting so, the Beatles up, cut, man. man. <laughs> Merkel, uh, woo, woo, Merkel clan. But All on, right, on, that on will her, not be a good on her, it looks good. <laughs> New York ran out of doses, which people are complaining. I'm like, that's a good thing. It means there's not stuff sitting around not getting used. It means every drop we got went into somebody's arm. The problem is they had to cancel appointments because they don't have any more vaccine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know. and if you know old people who can't work the Internet, show it, do it for them. Do it for them. Be like, all right, I'm going to be on, on, on a phone call with you. I'm signing you up on, you know, call them on their phone, sign them up. You, you're going to have to walk them through it, but it, you know, if you can teach them how to use the remote control on the TV, you can teach them how to get a vaccine in their arm. You know, talking about old people in the internet and other people who just—I don't remember—I think it might have been on Bill Maher, but someone was like making fun of Biden for not using the internet, 
And I think kind of going back and tying into the reason I, I mentioned that it is National Handwriting Day is that there, yeah, you know, there is a lot of great information to be had out there. And the internet is a wonderful tool if you know how to use it. But then there, you know, there are people like Bernie Getz, you know, using a screwdriver for unintended purposes. Uh, the, the retired firefighter who was throwing fire extinguishers at police officers while storming the Capitol. Did, there are proper ways to use certain tools. And yeah, just because something's on the internet doesn't mean it's true. But oh. simultaneously, just because there's so much bad information out there on the internet shouldn't taint all of the other information that's on the internet. It's a little bit too too broad of a brush. I to, just want to point out that right now we are on the internet talking to each other. We are. I would like to think this is one of the positive uses. <laughs> I could be wrong. I, I could be very, very wrong about that. Uh, let's, let's test that with, with another one of my theories from this week, because trying to move forward as a nation and in sense, in the sense of getting people on board with not necessarily progressivism, but the idea of moving forward we have to reconcile what we've been through and what we are still dealing with, you know, with uh, the Q people and, and Trump fans still in our midst. So anyone who knows me or listens to this show, well, maybe not anyone who knows me because it's not something I'm like barking about all the time, but I am, I am an unabashed Zionist. Uh, I am, I am a strong believer in, the, the state of Israel and its right to exist, this is something I was raised with and I, I still believe. Doesn't mean I like Netanyahu. You know, it's not like a, any means necessary. Oh, let's, let's get the worst thing possible. But for years, I have been talking about the Palestinians. And I lived in Israel the year that the first intifada broke out. Uh, I have friends who have moved there. And I am very aware that there are is a, a large number of Palestinian people who want to have some sort of a lasting peace that doesn't involve driving the Jews to the sea or whatever. However, because of politics and power and terrorism, these people have been stuck with the, the PLO and other terrorist Palestinian factions holding leadership and maintaining it. And I, I sort of realized this week and I shudder to, to hear myself say that I think there are some sane Republicans out there, but I think we're seeing the, the same problem with the Republican party in America is, yeah, there are some people who are decent and, you know, like I was saying last week, this is not excusing them for the years of voter suppression and every other bit of fuckery that they've done to keep their party holding on to the reins of power, despite the numbers being against them. Uh, but there are some sane ish 
somewhat rational Republicans out there, but they are definitely were, but still continue to be saddled with uh, you know rulers of their choosing who are batshit crazy and borderline terrorists, not even borderline after the attack on the Capitol. So how how do we do that? How do we how do we fix this problem? How do we get the and this goes back to the first thing that I was talking about. How do we get the the ignorant terrorists and the terrorists who should know better out of the out of the government? Well, they already started. You know, they're doing investigations into all the Biden uh, signed a uh, declaration to go in to um, investigate all of these hate groups, all of these groups that are doing certain things because we got to stop that. You got to because, you know, after Facebook and Twitter made their money off of them by allowing them to spew this hate for so long, you know, they played a part in it. OK, so you got to you got to stop the, you know, because once the narrative is out there, it's, it's that whole narrative of, you know, you're inferior to me. You're not going to take anything like the guys who were wearing the, the what's the, the, the Jewish. uh uh, 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 uh the Jewish guys, that, not the Jewish guy, but the guys who were wearing the uh, Jewish T-shirts talking about six million wasn't enough and all this oh, stuff. The, well, yeah, the Nazis. Yeah, yeah all the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, Opposite I'm saying to myself, didn't we beat the Confederates? But yet a Confederate flag was walking through the Capitol. I said, didn't we kick the Nazis' ass? Yet these guys are talking about Hitler. So what is this whole thing that you want to go back and bring back something that we are already defeated into our country. You know, what is wrong with these people that they believe? And, you know, black people are not shocked because we've been dealing with this shit for years. I was about to explain. We need to explain to you about white supremacy. I mean, that's basically (laughs) what it is. Right. But the thing, well, you saw Rand Paul. Rand Paul got pissed off uh, because of Biden's speech on white supremacy. He says, hey, man, you know, you're calling us racist, you're calling us white supremacists, and you're saying all these things about us. And it's like, you know what, sit down, because you're, you're a Trump enabler, too. Yeah, the, you know, part of it. So the, then, the whole you know, idea they, that, you know, calling someone a racist is worse than them actually being a racist. And this this is the thing. I think, for the most part, and, I, you know, obviously looking at the the makeup of America and the Congress and the people who were attacking the Capitol a few weeks ago, there, there is certainly no shortage of the, the racism and idiocy out there, but acknowledging it and pointing it out. If, if that's what you identify with, there's your problem. You know, there's a thing that's been going around around Facebook that I've seen a lot of my friends copying and pasting that, if you feel like you're you're being gaslit into thinking, you know, wow, maybe maybe there's some uh, issues with my side. Look around and see where the Nazis are. And if the Nazis are on your side, you're on the wrong side. Yeah. So if if you don't want to be considered a racist, if you don't want to be accused of lying, stop lying and stop being a racist. You know, for for Republicans who for years have have touted the the belief that, well, if you don't do anything illegal, you shouldn't have any problem with the law, which even though we know that's something that doesn't 
doesn't help your interest. That's another thing. They, they talk about the laws and morals and values, but they're the ones breaking all the laws and the morals, and the, you know they don't have the values, and they vote for something that doesn't help them. They tell them, oh, he, he you know he cut taxes. Yeah, for somebody making four hundred thousand a year, not you. Well, look with my payroll check. Mm. Yeah, but your payroll check is not going to look good at the end of the year because you're going to get screwed. They're already putting stuff out about what Biden's going to do to people. I said, Biden's only been in a couple of days. You know, you're already talking about taxes? This is. But yes, you want, but you want that $1,400 check, though. But yes, you yeah. want the 1400 bucks. Well, you know, I don't want any mm-hmm. socialist Obamacare, but, you know, don't you, don't you dare touch my Medicaid. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Republicans are good at marketing. It started with Reagan, at least. He's like, we're going to cut taxes and money's going to fall from the sky because we're just going to get rid of inefficiencies. And the debt exploded because he was full of shit. And, you know, the Democratic platform is more nuanced and harder to explain. It's easy to say the government sucks. It's your money. You should be the one to decide how to spend it. That sounds great as a soundbite, but it's just bullshit as policy. Yeah. And I I think... Sean, you bring up a, a really interesting point about the the messaging. And one of the stories, because I, I am a former radio guy, uh, one of the stories that really hit me this week that, that put a big old smile on my face was that Biden is cleaning house at Voice of America and the associated radio and media outlets like Radio Free Europe. Basically, Trump was trying to put in political operatives to turn them into a propaganda arm of the white house. And, you know, with Biden coming in, that's, that's not happening anymore. And another big story in messaging this week. And I dare, I say America's new sweetheart. I want to give a big shout out to Jen Psaki, the, the new white house press secretary. Oh yeah. Uh, as as a comedian, I was a little bit disappointed that she didn't open her first press conference by saying, uh, I, I just want you people to know that the crowds at Joe Biden's inauguration were the largest ever. Nothing, you know, just a little <laughs> laugh. But I, I think as the White House press secretary and not uh, L.A. based comedian like me, she sort of understood that maybe not the right moment for levity. Uh, let's let's actually go into this job with with a little bit of integrity. And it is it is so great to to be seeing daily White House press briefings again. Uh, she's such a breath of fresh air, man. I I I I adore her and I love that uh, I love I just love the whole team that Biden's got. I feel like like I can sleep well. Like I like I I don't wake up screaming anymore for like the last couple of days. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, been, it's been really nice. That's that's been a very <laughs> really difficult nice. thing for me in in the last week is realizing that I am going to have to come up with a new mantra. You know, for the last well, really more than the last four years, but especially in the last four years, I have woken up every morning and greeted the day by saying, "What fresh hell is this?" And I, I, I fear I might lose that. Uh, so you mean I, you might actually be happy? I, well, I'm not going to go that far, but I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I may actually be seeing some cause for optimism. It's, it's a very strange state of being for me 
that I, I am going to have to reconcile within myself and, and figure out. But yeah, you know, the looking at the news this week and the people that Biden is putting in his cabinet and appointing to positions of power in the government, there is either excitement and jubilation or kind of nothing, you know, like, oh, yeah, all right, yeah, that's that's cool. It makes sense. And I can't remember the last time I have been so excited about nothing. It's competence. You're seeing competent people getting put into jobs they can do. I mean, Trump has certainly proved that president of the United States is not an entry-level job in politics. <laughs> and and also- you know, he's, he's covered up so much stuff, Dave. I mean, they're going in. You know, there was nothing... They're starting from scratch with the vaccine, you know, because there was no there was no plan. There's never been a plan. Just like he said, oh, I got a health care plan. No, you don't. You never had a health care plan. The Republicans have never found a plan to match uh, Obamacare. Never. Yeah. And they, never put one together. Well, you know, just wait two weeks. I, I think we, we need to get through Trump's infrastructure week. And then uh, he's going to release his big, beautiful health care plan. <laughs> Buttigieg is going to be so great as seeing our, we'll get some actual infrastructure now with Buttigieg. I, and I, I just think, you know, I think it's going to be Harris Buttigieg in 2024. That's what I think. And, and uh, I think just, I, I could not love Joe Biden anymore. I was Warren. <laughs> well, first I was Kamala. Then I was Warren. And, and uh, then I was Biden. But I really think that Biden is going to be just this transformative, like FDR level president. I think that he's got he's got the only disposition that that can handle this job. You know, like like the fact that Mitch McConnell wasn't kicked down the stairs during inauguration just speaks to his uh, his uh, ability to to unite the country. Although I think most of us would unite behind Mitch McConnell being kicked. I, I would definitely agree with that. But yeah, I think, you know, looking at the inauguration and and Biden's attempts and claims that he wants to unify the country with, you know, the Republicans believe that unity means clearing the slate and giving them a pass on all the the treason and all the crimes that they have committed and fomented in the last four years, whereas Biden's like, no, let's, you know, let's start with getting Lady Gaga and uh, Garth Brooks on the same bill. You know, let's. And fucking Foo Fighters. It was like a who's Dude. who of who re- who refused to play for Trump. You know what I mean? <laughs> we got, we're so much fucking cooler. You know, like, like kids, if you're wondering whose side to be on earlier, they brought up Nazis. Don't be on the side of Nazis. That is a great point. And also look at who's always in opposition to Nazis. It's the artists, you know, because empathy is a, is, a, is a requirement for creating true art. You know, Lady Gaga would not be as good a singer or actress if she were a Nazi. You know what I mean? Like she'd have like, well, that's yeah. Like, I mean, Foo Fighters, dude. That's uh, Fighters. I had I had just gotten home from uh, the supermarket and turned the TV on. When, when the Foo Fighters were playing as part of the, the celebration that night. But I mean, you know, I, I'm talking like the inauguration, you know, not all the uh-huh. additional festivities. But yeah, I think, Liz, you, you do raise an important point that in the days since Wednesday night's extravaganza, I haven't heard anyone complaining about going like, well, yeah, but where the fuck was Scott Baio? Where's, 
Where were your Antonio Sabato juniors? Where where was John Voigt? Where was James Woods? What the fuck? This is where, not entertainment. Where's Christy Alley or, or Christy Swanson? The answer is the all alcohol buffet. That's the answer to that question. Well, I think that that is a, a good place to uh, to close the show as we all search for our all alcohol buffet or uh, whatever. Yeah, no, Whatever is going to help get us through the coming days. For years, it's been in my kitchen. But, <laughs> <laughs> but today is a new day. <laughs> yeah, we can we can put all the emergency supplies back behind the broken glass and mm-hmm. and get those hammers ready to be used uh, to to bust them out again. Should we need? But as I mentioned earlier in the show, and as Joe Biden said. There is a lot of work to be done. So let's hope that our government focuses on doing the good work. And hopefully Americans will get over the denial uh, that has kept people from realizing we're we're basically coming out of a war. This is this is England after the Blitz. We may not have all the collapsed buildings that have been blown up, but you know, at least judging by different neighborhoods and downtown here in L.A., there are a lot of boarded up windows and it's not just to protect from protesters. So there's a lot of work to be done, a lot of recovery to be done. It's a new year. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. And I feel good. So having said that, I want to thank you guys for being here with me today. I uh, had a lot of fun. Sean. Eli, thank you so much for joining us from New York. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? In person, they could look for me in my wine cellar. Uh, <laughs> on, online, uh, brainchampagne.com is my website. has a lot of jokes, a lot of jokes. Right on. So check out brainchampagne.com. Thank you for being with us. Looking forward to having you on the show again sometime soon. Thanks, Sean. Liz Stewart, always a pleasure to have you with us. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? I'm on Instagram at Liz Stewart. I'm crowning. And I'm on Twitter at uh, Liz Stewart Comic. And I'm on Facebook at Liz Stewart. But... um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I'm a nicer person on Twitter from now on. I, 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 last four years, I kind of kind of became pretty mean. So we'll see if hope uh, brings sunshine to my disposition. Mean, but justifiably so, I would say. It's, oh, you know, yeah. And yeah. in such a humorous fashion. It's, it's hard to Thank just... You. It, it's dismissive almost to qualify it as mean, I think. It's, uh, oh, you know. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. As long as you can make it funny, you can insult Ted Cruz's wife. This All is... Right, um... <laughs> Serving a higher purpose. So. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that, Liz. And it's thanks. just so that he'll like me. I just want him to like me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Love you guys. Happy, happy 2021. I feel like it's just starting. It's the, it is the first day of the rest of our lives in so many ways. So thank you for being with us on the first day, quote unquote. Mr. Time and Ship, 
Always a yes, pleasure to yeah, have uh, you with us as well. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Well, uh, you can get me a time and ship at Facebook, time and ship at Instagram, time and ship at Twitter. And you can get my book, My East St. Louis, on Amazon.com, as well as my CD, Universal Brother, is on um, Spotify and CD Baby. Right on. Well, thank you so much for being with us. You know, I just realized we never talked about the Bigfoot hunting licenses <laughs> that, uh, well, well, we'll save that for a future show. Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. You can catch me on the socials on Facebook, Dr. David Robinson, and on the Twitter, I am at Stand Up Fall Down. If you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on Facebook, all spelled out, Let's Be Treasonable, and on Twitter, we are at L-E-T-S-B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you, the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, want to thank you for listening it's it's been a long slog through four years of Bush, uh, Bush, through four yeah. years of Trump. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just thinking back to uh, better times and, and slower progressions towards fascism. But uh, yeah, we started this show at the beginning of the Trump administration and we will continue as America recovers. So I want to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please tell everyone you know, rate and review us on the platforms where you listen, even the platforms where you don't, if you got the time and the inclination. If you didn't like what you heard, not sure why you're still listening, but we do appreciate it. Make you a deal. You don't tell anyone about it. We won't tell anyone everybody's happy. We will be back next week. Hopefully you will too. Until then, goodbye! Bye-bye!